Hello everyone, welcome to or welcome back to Crime Buff. If you're new here, my name is Dahlia and I'll be your host. Thank you so much for all your support. If it weren't for my listeners, I wouldn't be able to continue making these episodes. I want to make sure I'm giving you guys the stories you want me to cover. Please message me over on Instagram at crime underscore buff to request episode topics. We have our very first requested episode coming next week for episode four. I'm really excited because I've never heard of this story and I'm looking forward to covering it and researching it more. For episode three, we're going to be covering the story of a man named Richard Kuklinski, an American serial killer. Okay, let's get into it. Episode three. I can't believe I'm actually saying that. Episode three. Exciting. Born on April 11th, 1935 in Jersey City, New Jersey, Richard Kuklinski was the second of four children. I'm recording this right now on Friday, April 10th. Tomorrow would have been his 85th birthday. His mother, Anna, and his father, Stanley, had a total of four children. His dad worked on the railroad to support the family. Stanley was an alcoholic who beat the children regularly, and one of the sons, Florian, reportedly died from such brutal punishment from his father. Now, honestly, I cannot imagine being beaten as a child. I, I don't even want to think about what children go through with parents that are so abusive. It's, it's honestly insane to me. The killing began early for Kuklinski. He started killing cats as a child and then on to his first murder when he was only a teenager. Now, I'm in a class right now, and we have to write a final, and this girl, she picked her topic, and she picked children that abuse animals as kids. Do you think that makes them more likely to be violent when they're older, less likely because they're getting it all out at a young age? I mean, personally, I think if you're murdering cats at a young age, this definitely will travel with you into adulthood. I I can't imagine why you would just stop after killing cats. I mean, I hope you would, but clearly that's not the case in this situation. He beat to death a local bully, then disposed of the body by removing any identifying markers. Dropping out of school only after reaching eighth grade, Kuklinski showed little hesitation for killing anyone that angered him. I mean, literally anyone. Someone that pissed him off in the slightest he would be like, I'm going to kill you. I, I just don't understand. I just, I don't get it, how to have that short of a fuse. The individuals he killed included, but were not limited to, those who reminded him of his father, and he sometimes killed for no reason at all. He took to the streets of the west side of New York City as a testing ground for honing in on his, quote, talents, unquote. These killings threw police for a loop because they thought bums were just killing each other on the streets. After leaving school, he took on a variety of odd jobs and criminal undertakings. One of his criminal enterprises was the bootlegging of pornographic films. This was how he became connected with organized crime. Eventually, he was hired as a hitman for several crime families, including, but not limited to, the Genovese and Gambino organizations. In 1961, Kuklinski married Barbara. He met his future wife while working on a New Jersey loading dock. She had just graduated high school and was employed as a secretary. Kuklinski seemed to be a real family man. They had two daughters together and lived in a suburb in New Jersey. 
He held backyard barbecues, served as an usher at mass, and even organized trips to Disney World. A serial killer, organizing trips for his family and children and their friends for a trip to the happiest place on earth. What? Behind the scenes, his temper flared with Barbara. She often endured the wrath of his anger. Barbara Kuklinski had no idea. She had no clue that the father of her three children lived a life more incredible than anything anyone has ever seen on The Sopranos. He led a double life. His daughters, Merrick and Kristen, were clueless. An interesting article I found covered the thoughts of Barbara and the two daughters, and what I read was shocking, so I had to share it. The family did not know about his murderous behavior, but the children often saw Kuklinski hold Barbara around the neck. The youngest daughter knew something had to be done. Kristen knew she had nowhere to go, so she came up with a plan. They came up with a plan to kill Kuklinski because it was the only way they stood a chance at being safe. The plan was to drug his meatloaf with Valium, but they became too scared to execute their own plan. And despite the violence in the home, Merrick, his older daughter, had such a close bond with her father. Kuklinski's resume for killing included guns, ice picks, hand grenades, crossbows, and chainsaws. But later, he proudly confessed his favorite method was nasal spray bottle filled with cyanide. He learned his many ways of killing from a fellow hitman, Robert Prong. He was also known as Mr. Softy because he would drive an ice cream truck around the neighborhood as his cover. Kuklinski earned a nickname of his own the Iceman, because he was known for freezing many of his victims to make the time of death unclear law enforcement. It's 1986. Kuklinski was arrested in connection with five murders. The first was George Maliband. He was killed in 1980 after meeting with Kuklinski to sell videotapes. His body was found stuffed into a barrel. The second victim, Louis Masquet. He was also meeting to sell videotapes. Maske was last seen in 1981, and his partially decomposed body was found 15 months later. The medical examiner discovered ice crystals in the body tissues and determined that the body was kept frozen. Two individuals, Gary Smith and Daniel Deppner, were members of a burglary, burglary ring run by Kuklinski. They were both poisoned with cyanide and then strangled to death. The fifth victim, Paul Hoffman. He was trying to buy prescription drugs from Kuklinski, but his body was never discovered. After Smith's body was discovered, a six-year investigation ensued, and Kuklinski was arrested in 1986 after he had agreed to help a federal undercover agent murder a fictitious man. In 1988, Kuklinski was found guilty of charges related to the mass murders of Smith and Deppner. Later, he pled guilty to the murders of Maliband and Maske. He confessed to murdering Hoffman, but the charges in that case were dropped. He was sentenced to two consecutive terms of life imprisonment. Behind bars, Kuklinski found every way possible to brag about his criminal activities. He was so proud of himself and everything that he accomplished in his life. I don't, I'm not calling them accomplishments. He just felt that everything he did was necessary, was great, was... You know, it was his job, and he successfully carried out a lot of tasks that were given to him. 
He willingly participated in many interviews with writers, psychiatrists, and criminologists. He offered so much information on how many people he killed and how he killed them. The total continued to increase over the interviews, ranging from at least 100 to possibly more than 200 victims. At first, Kuklinski denied having anything to do with the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa served as president of the powerful Teamsters Union. He had his fair share of enemies. Later, Kuklinski confessed to the disappearance and killing of the Teamster boss. Richard Kuklinski died at St. Francis Hospital in Trenton, New Jersey in 2006. He apparently had been suffering from Kawasaki disease, a rare disease causing inflammation of the blood vessels. He had told his family members he had been poisoned. Thank you guys so much for joining me this week on Crime Buff. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Come back next Sunday for our first requested true crime episode. I'm so excited to get started on my research. Please leave me a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you wanted to learn more about the Richard Kuklinski case, there's a really great HBO documentary that I highly suggest. It was super interesting, especially listening to the interviews with some of the psychiatrists and criminologists. (laughs) 